0: Pulse 95 Live from the Sharjah International Book Fair at the Expo Center Sharjah.
1: Hello, good evening. Welcome back into the Sharjah Expo Center for a live coverage of the Sharjah International Book Fair. And I know all of you are anxiously waiting for the evening sessions to kick off. And amongst them is our friend of the show, friend of the station, friend of the Emirates for sure. It is Mm. Mr. Chris Gardner. Welcome back to Sharjah
0: thank you thank you thank you absolutely honored to be here with you
1: i was expecting you to be wearing a condora because i know you just went for a, a stitching one to get a personal one what, what happened well,
0: there look just be patient <laughs> give the guy some time i just took the, the measurements yesterday yeah so yeah next time you'll next,
1: see next time we'll see for sure now it's such a true delight for all three of us to be welcoming mm-hmm. you here in our studios I love the fact that you've got this hashtag going, permission to dream. Mm. Talk to us a little bit more about that, because it's all about resilience. And, you know, you know, if most people are not aware of what we're talking about, we're talking about pursuit of happiness as writer. We've got the author, entrepreneur, Chris Gardner, joining us. Talk to us about this permission to dream and start where you
0: are. Well, first of all, I have to say I'm absolutely honored to have been invited again to be here. Mm at home in Sharjah when I am in Dubai I'm working, Abu Dhabi I'm working, Riyadh I'm working when I come to Sharjah I'm home oh, wow. it's a Beautiful. whole different sensation man so mm-hmm. and by the way uh, you mentioned the pursuit of happiness some people are not aware that book was published last year in Arabic for the very first time mm-hmm. by Kalimat here in Sharjah so that's a real big to do and the the new book, Permission to Dream, man, I've got to tell you, a couple of things that happened with that book that were totally unexpected. Uh, number one, it was selected by the Wall Street Journal as Book of the Month. Uh, number two, I recorded the book in my own voice for the very first time. I will never, ever try something like that again. <laughs> ever. But you got, uh, the, you got the voice for it. Man, though. look. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> the, the cool thing is uh, the book's been submitted for Grammy consideration. Wow.
2: Okay. The audio
0: version. Mm-hmm. So we're really excited about that. And to top it off, to be here in Sharjah at the largest book fair in the world.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Really? No, exactly. <laughs> having you here is an honor. Awesome. No, man. Let me tell you something. Will Smith has got his new book out. He's in Chicago, L.A., wherever. Man, I'm at the biggest book show in the world.
3: Sharjah, mm-hmm. where you have to be.
0: Bro. Where you have to be if you're trying to do something. Mm-hmm. So I'm honored to be here with all of you.
3: Thank Likewise, you very
0: much. Yes. Okay? Mm-hmm.
4: Likewise. So, so, you know, uh, it's weird. It's I got to say, it's weird for me personally because I watched your film mm-hmm. many, many years ago when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like gone full circle. I'm meeting the man behind the story. Mm-hmm. You know, and looking back at that film... I wanted to personally ask you, is there something you feel that could be a little bit, you know, there could be told more from what people see in that film? Something that you feel maybe over the years can be interpreted a bit differently?
0: Well, you know, a couple of things. Number one, uh, one of the major differences between reality and film, in the film, Jane Smith plays my son as a five year old. They did that for the dialogue between the characters. Mm-hmm. At this point in our journey, my son was 14 months old, mm-hmm. he was still in diapers. Mm-hmm. That changes everything. Yeah. Okay. And number one, A, that film is probably more relevant today than when it was initially released. Mm-hmm. I say that because of everything that's happened in the last 18 months, people around the world are all having their own pursuit of happiness experiences. Mm-hmm. So many people have found themselves in positions that they never thought they'd be in and that they never chose.
3: Mm.
0: But we still got to go forward.
3: Yeah, absolutely, especially the word you just said, chose. Mm. And I realized that that is one of the main themes of your book, Pursuit of Happiness. And more often than not, you're put in situations where you cannot choose. What do you do then? What is the idea there when you're basically... Lots of things are thrown into your course. those obstacles, uh, mm. unexpected obstacles. Mm. Where do you get the power to choose?
0: First of all, let's back up. Mm-hmm. Now, let, let's talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. When you said uh, there are no options and things get thrown at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in this point now, all of us globally, where we've all had to make what I call a hard pivot. Mm-hmm. And a hard pivot being defined simply as something you would have never chosen, but you still gotta make it work.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Probably like some of you in this room and people out there listening, I get to check a lot of boxes on that hard-pivot checklist. Abandoned child, foster care, mom in prison, never met my father, domestic violence survivor, sexual assault survivor, never went to college, veteran, single parent, homeless, entrepreneur, and black. Mm. And I said, black last because I got this free. (laughs) 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 This was a gift, right? Mm -hmm. And my point is, All of those things, none of which I chose, and some things that there are other hard pivots that some of us have had to make in our lives. Mm -hmm. It could have been the loss of a job, the ending of a relationship, Mm -hmm. a medical challenge or issue, the loss of a loved one. Mm -hmm. But you got to make that hard pivot, and then, to your point, honestly... You have to take a lot of baby steps. Mm. Yeah,
3: that's very important. What you just said, oh, baby steps. Oh,
0: and that is the hardest thing in oh, the yeah. world because a lot of us we want to go like this. Yeah. Okay. Right, you go like that when there's no obstacles, no challenges, no roadblocks, nothing's mm-hmm. in the way. You go like that. You got to take the baby steps sometimes when you don't know.
4: Oh, we can't we can't help it, you know we, we, we live in a world of instant gratification, Amazon Express delivery, uh, Netflix mm-hmm. stream shows mm-hmm. it's almost it becomes conditioned it becomes mm-hmm. conditioned in our system where it's like oh, I just I want to be successful, I want to be happy you know but they don't realize that there's a there's a certain patience there's to a it there's a process, process.
0: Mm-hmm. and it takes time yeah. and you have to think of time differently and you have to think of time as being the ultimate asset Mm -hmm. okay yes you want that package that you got from amazon you want it now Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) but you know what the truth of the matter is the most important things that you need and want in your life they often take a lot of time Mm -hmm. right
3: can we say that sorry to cut you off but can we say that before you there's one point you said that looking at time
2: Oh, Can man. we use
3: it as a tool because we always hear that time heals but like Mikhail said sometimes time it takes too long so well, how do you make that from us?
0: you have to be conscious of the fact of love mm-hmm. 2020 if it didn't teach any of us anything it taught all of us that none of us knows how much time we've got left on the clock mm-hmm. okay? period end of story
1: And and how was the pandemic for you, personally?
0: I had to learn, man. Yeah. I had to learn. Let let me just talk about that just a little bit. The pandemic. I'll never forget the last live speech I did in America. It was February 12th, 2020, at the United Nations. The United Nations was beginning to address this issue of how do we end global homelessness? That's a big, big, big question. I got to speak last. And my point was, before we can even begin to attempt to answer that question, we've got to expand the definition of who is at risk of becoming homeless to include working women. Mm -hmm. Working women who are already paid less than their male colleagues all Mm -hmm. around the world, and they live with a very quiet fear. And the quiet fear is, what if something happens? Mm -hmm. What if I lose my job? What if my husband loses his job? What if there's some economic gyration that occurs someplace anywhere around the world that has nothing to do with me, but suddenly we're all at risk? My point is, it was February 12th, 2020, COVID-19 was already here. Mm -hmm. We just didn't know his name.
1: True. That's very, very true. Right,
0: It was already here. So I think we've all learned some things in the last eighteen months that honestly are going to be a part of us for the rest of our lives. Definitely is mm. right.
1: I've got to touch upon this aspect of you know you know you're renowned across the world mm. for being this motivator, this this person who's in mm. you know, gone through a lot. Mm. Uh, um, was there a moment, despite having you know gone through that and becoming an entrepreneur, that you felt? alone at times like oh, man absolutely. Like, oh absolutely oh are you kidding me so down that she did not
0: oh man are you kidding me <laughs> but you gotta keep in mind yeah I had a 14 month old baby boy and he had nobody but me mm. and I was always mindful of something my mother used to say to me when I was a little boy which was son the cavalry is not coming
2: oh
0: hmm very powerful ain't no backup." Yeah. This is on you. But that's uh, that adds more pressure. Should you need? Well, if you well t- no, no. You you have to own that. Yeah. Okay, it's more pressure, but you have to own that. You can't change something until you own it. I don't know if you saw the film, The Pursuit of Happiness, but mm-hmm. if you did, there's a scene in the film where my son and I we had to spend the night in this toilet at a train station. Okay. Too many nights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there were times in that train station. I had to wash my little boy up in the sink. And I had to look at that mirror in the sink and ask myself some very hard questions. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? What's going to happen next? The hardest question I had to ask and answer every day was, how did I get here? Mm. And the answer was brutal. The answer was, I drove here. Mm. I had something to do with the situations and circumstances that had become my life. But that, sir, was the key. Because the second I said, I drove here, I knew, whoa. Well, if I drove here, I can drive out of here. Mm-hmm. You can't change something until you own it. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people out there right now are saying, well, I didn't choose this. I, I didn't drive here. Well, that's not going to change the fact that you cannot change something until you own it. Mm-hmm.
4: Okay. Own up to it, yeah. Yeah. Right. And I
0: will submit to you that all of us in this, this family called humanity... I will never forget my last conversation with my dear friend, Dr. Maya Angelou. We were talking about struggle, and I'll never forget her saying to me that we have the people for this mountain, and we must all be mindful that there were people who came before us, who came up a steeper side of this mountain, carrying a bigger and heavier load with little to no opportunity, but they kept going forward, forward and upward, mm-hmm. and still I rise. There you are. all right mm-hmm. but now it's our turn and that's the most important message
1: i'd like to t- touch upon your participation at the, at the charge of international book fair mm. you know as you said this is home for you, you, mm. you you've been coming here almost every year now um, talk to us about uh, what what's in store for your session tonight
0: i have absolutely no idea <laughs> <laughs> man i'm just glad to be here man yeah, yeah. and you know what look now the truth of the matter is again this is my third trip to the UAE in five weeks. Amazing. Right? So, so I commute.
1: Yeah. All right?
0: So, again, to, to be here, to have been invited, to be a part of, again, think about this, the biggest book show in the world.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Not in the UAE, not in the Middle East, not in Europe, and the whole world that's happening right here in Sharjah. Okay. That's Directly ties into this whole idea of my new book, Permission to Dream. Mm. At some point, someone had a dream that this is going to be the biggest book show in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they made it happen. It's amazing. I think I know who that person was. <laughs> <laughs> and how was he like to interact
1: with him? You've interacted with him a few times as well, and you know, how, what, you know, what have you talked about in terms of you know seeing this all grow and you know the dream that he's seen.
0: But you know what? The only thing that goes to my mind right now, honestly, how are we gonna do it bigger next year? Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Now once you you done it, right? <laughs> right. Once you set the stage. The rest of the world, and now you're on the radar for real. Yeah. And some people are going to be saying, "Hey, wait a minute, we can't let that happen." But now you got to do it again. I got to do it again. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: So what's coming up next for you now? After you've done the permission mm-hmm. to dream, where where do we see you going? You, you
0: know what I'm doing right now? The most important thing I'm doing with my life right now is spending as much time as I possibly can with young people globally. Mm-hmm. I am doing a tour that initially was going to have me speak. 1,000 schools 1,000 schools High schoolers Middle schoolers And elementary schoolers And talking to these young people About the three most important decisions I ever made in my life All of which I made At their age or younger For instance I made the most important decision I ever made in my life As a five-year-old boy Growing up without a father I made the decision When I grew up Become a man And have children My children are going to know Who their father is that singularly is the most important decision I've ever made in my life because that didn't just change my life. That changed the lives of my yet to have been born children and my grandchild. That one decision had generational impact. Mm. Now that that's global. That's, that's not an American thing, that's a global mm. thing, okay? Yeah. So my point is, I initially said I was gonna do a thousand schools. You know what's on the table right now? What's being discussed? Doing one million schools. Oh. That's a Permission room, to dream. Permission <laughs> to dream. Right? One no million schools all around the world, and this is where I get to put a dent in the universe mm-hmm. by helping to change the trajectory of some young people's lives. Amazing.
3: Absolutely, especially when you said that you ha- when you said you made a uh, generational decision Mm. because it's very often we hear about generational trauma and how it's passed on and on and on and on.
0: Absolutely.
3: And more often than not, if somebody does not break it within that same chain, uh, within that same link, it's very important to have somebody like you, for example, to come in and say, hey, you can do it and this is how it can be done.
0: And it can be done. Mm -hmm. It can be done. When I made the decision to break that one link in that cycle, that chain of cycles that plagued my family. Breaking that one link of child abandonment allowed me to break all the associated links, including child abuse, domestic violence, alcoholism, illiteracy, fear, powerlessness, and generational poverty, Mm -hmm. right? To the point now that I have something called a grandbaby, a grandchild, and for her, There are no more cycles to be broken.
4: That's a blessed thing to have. Oh, man.
0: Are you kidding me? She is. I keep saying this little girl. She's not a little girl. She's 13. She keeps reminding me. I'm a young lady. I'm not a little girl. Mm -hmm. Right? But to have broken those cycles and setting the table for her and giving her permission to drink. That's It's a beautiful thing. Oh, man. Let me tell you one little quick story about the book, Permission to Dream. That book was written because of a conversation I had with my granddaughter about what can be done Hmm. And I will never forget, um, five, six years ago, she was nine years old at that time, eight. I was on the way to Malaysia and I get a phone call from my granddaughter and I make them hold the plane. This, this, this is my granddaughter. Hold the point. Right? She calls me up and says to me, Papa, I want you to call the President of the United States and tell him I'm coming to the White House. <laughs> and I want to take a picture sitting at the big desk. Yeah. Whoa. That was, that's a powerful <laughs> dream. <in> <laughs> <back>. <laughs> whoa. Whoa. Wait a minute. Right? So, the cool thing about getting to your 60s, man, is you're old enough to know better. But you're still young enough to say, why not? Exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. So I
0: make the call. And the next thing you know, there's my baby sitting at the desk of the President of the United States. Amazing. And let's be clear, we make sure we're talking about President Barack Obama. Barack Obama. Because <laughs> 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 I know some people are saying, <laughs> That's brilliant. A very powerful
1: conversation mm. that we've just had with Chris mm. Gardner. I'm going to leave you with one question. Mm. When I was um, uh, telling my wife that I'm going to be interviewing you today, and she's like, "Oh, he's the guy who's uh, made the film or written the film that made everyone cry," mm. and I'm sure everyone's asked you this question before. Mm. What was your thoughts? when you watched the movie? Did, how much did it impact Ooh, you?
0: man. Let me tell you something. Anytime I see any piece of it, it's a different movie for me. Yeah. Because when you're watching it, you're seeing that one moment the director is trying to capture that day. Yeah. When I see it, I see the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Right? I see the 360.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? I, I see that. And um, there was one question a lot of people asked me about the, the film. A lot of young people asked me. Very important question, little girl, never forget her, her name was Sophia. And she wanted to know, Mr. Gardner, in the movie, when your little boy lost his his toy, his Captain America, did he ever get it back? Wow. You know what she's really asking me? Tell me it's going to be okay. Mm. Tell me, we're going to get it back. (laughs) And I had to say to her, yes. I had to give her permission to dream. Exactly. Yes, we're going to get it back. But this time, hopefully, we've learned something, and we'll get it back bad-odd. Yeah. Yeah.
4: You being here and the 40th edition of the Sharj International uh, Book Fair has proved that no dream
0: is too big. No, 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 man. And 40 years, 40 years to the top. That goes back to something you were mentioning earlier. We want it like right now. We want that package today. We want success (laughs) today. Can I say one thing here? It ain't go happen, player. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to leave this conversation. Chris Gardner, such
2: a pleasure
1: speaking to <laughs> oh, you. And no, we man. want you here next time in a condor. Oh, man. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Guys, Thank you, man. keep listening
1: to Pulse95. We'll continue the live broadcast from the Sharjah International Book Fair. You're listening to our dedicated evening carak with the evening <laughs> majlis. <laughs>